Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Monty Lester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church, located right here in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we welcome you into our cyber sanctuary on this Sunday. Amen. We're grateful to God that you have come into this place today. We know there are a number of places that you can be, but I understand that you're not here by accident. You're here by divine providence because the Spirit of the Lord has something significant that he would like to say and share to you. So we thank you. We thank you for being here today. Speaking of thankfulness, I thank God for our young people today. Amen. My Bible tells me to train up a child in the way that it should go, and when it's old, it shall not depart. And I thank God for all the parents and grandparents and parental figures that have taken time out to pour into our young people to help tutor, teach, and train them, help them develop into what God would have them to be. And I thank Him for it, just their heart for worship, uh, that they serve the Lord with gladness. They already have an intimate relationship with Him at such a young age. So I'm grateful to God. Out of all the things our young people can be doing, I'm grateful that they are. Uh, serving the Lord with gladness and they praised him, they worshiped him this morning and we're grateful to God for that. There is a word from heaven that I would love to share with you. I want to call your attention to the gospel according to St. John the 14th chapter. John chapter 14. I'm just lifting up verses 1 through 3 today. Our focus and foundation will be John 13 as well as John 14 in its entirety. But for the benefit of brevity and just reading your hearing, I want to share with you verses 1 through 3. John chapter 14, one through three. And I'm gonna dip my bucket into a familiar will and bring out some fresh revelation today. And I don't want your, your familiarity with the text to handcuff you and hinder you from what the Spirit of the Lord have you to hear uh, from this text on today. John 14, and when you have it, you can yell in your own living room, just say, I got it. Hallelujah, bless your saints. The King James translation of the Word of God begins with John chapter 14, verse number one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen. Amen. Uh, the Lord and I want to minister from the subject today, coming from that 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. We want to minister from the subject, crucial conversations. Mm, crucial conversations. Let's pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. We thank you once again for this opportunity to share your word, oh God. We thank you for all of those that are tuning in and listening, Father. And I pray right now that you take me, your servant, hide me behind your cross, let the flesh be seen, let your word be glorified. I pray now that you would move, that you would minister, that you would lift, that you would heal, that you would encourage through your word today. And because your prayer is good enough with us, Lord, I'm going to thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do. Have your way in this place. It's in the marvelous, matchless, and mighty name of Jesus. We ask that all somebody loves him. Shout amen. Amen, amen. Crucial conversations. I'm going straight to the text today. In this 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, this is Jesus having a crucial conversation with his disciples. Uh, to many, this may be considered what we call a deathbed conversation. Some of you understand the context of the text today. Jesus is now making his way to Calvary. He has just washed his disciples' feet and had the Last Supper in John chapter 13. 
he had just had a conversation with them and just let them know the things that were getting ready to transpire. He had just given them some sneak previews of coming attractions. And he let them know that part of his purpose, part of his reason for coming, his primary reason for coming to the earth was not just to heal leprosy, not just to give sight to the blind, uh, but it was to die for the sins of mankind. And now, like never before, that revelation of his death has now become uh, relevant, has, has finally been heard in the hearing of his disciples, his followers, those that had been with him for now three years, that he had tutored, taught, and trained. Uh, they were uh, now having a crucial conversation as they were getting ready to say goodbye to their Savior. Uh, what do you do when you know that this is your last moment? Uh, what do you do when you uh, have been given a death sentence and you know that the time that is before you is now shorter than the time that is behind you? Many people have given this some thought. As a matter of fact, this is usually a time of seriousness. This is usually a time where your actions and reactions of the conversations, the things that you say and do have such significance that you want to leave a lasting impression, a lasting, uh, something that you want to impart in the earth, uh, that those that are in your circle of influence, those that are there with you will carry on uh, for the balance of their days. This is a crucial conversation. As a matter of fact, many have had this type of crucial conversation. The Bible talks about Israel when he was getting ready to die. The Bible says he rose up in the bed and strengthened himself and said, wait a minute, yeah, I can't die yet. Yes, I, I have something that I need to say to my boys. I, I need to command a blessing and speak a blessing upon the, their lives. So he strengthened himself in his bed and Israel blessed his sons. Some of you remember that Paul, when he was on his deathbed, when he had gotten the sentence and he was uh, in, in the Roman jail and getting ready to face Nero's chopping block to get his head chopped off, hallelujah. Uh, he couldn't get to anyone else. He couldn't get to the men and women that he had tutored, taught, and trained and did ministry with down through the years. But, but he said, you know what, give me a pen and some paper. Uh, I got Timothy on my mind. There's some things that I still need to leave in the earth. And sometimes we can't get to you like we want to. Sometimes you got to preach through the mail. Amen. Uh, Paul grabbed a pen and paper. Hallelujah. And he said, you know what, Timothy, there's some things that I want to leave with you. There's a, a crucial conversation that I want to have. And if I can't have it in person, I'm going to write it. Amen. He told Timothy, this, uh, God is not giving you the spirit of fear. He, he told Timothy to stir up the gift. Uh, that was in him, that was in his mother and his grandmother. He told Timothy at the end of that, that I fought a good fight. I kept the faith and I finished my course and now there's a crown of righteousness that's laid up for me, but not only for me, but to all of those that love his appearing. He had a very crucial conversation with Timothy. Yes, Lord, he did it through the mail, but not only Israel, but not only Paul, but what about you and I? Hmm. In this COVID-19 season where we're reminded uh, uh, time after time, day after day, about the reality of death, about the temporariness of, of life, and how disease, decay, and death is so uh, prevalent in our city, in our time, and in our country today. Amen. Uh, if you were given a sneak preview of coming attractions, uh, if this was it, uh, if you knew that your time uh, that was before you was shorter than the time that you have would have behind you, what would you do? 
Mm. Uh, what would you do in that situation? Hallelujah. Uh, 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 would you burn the candle at both ends? You know, some people want to die with their boots on. Amen. They, they want they live with a blaze and they want to go out with a blaze. Hallelujah. Would you have a crucial conversation with would you gather some people around to uh, to have a conversation with your children and your family members or maybe your grandchildren to let them know, hallelujah, that that uh, uh, you know what, even though I may be leaving, I, I had a crucial conversation with Christ. Uh, in other words, I had the most crucial conversation that you can ever have. I, I know my ABCs. I've accepted, believed, and confessed. I believe that I was born a sinner. I've accepted that. And I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I make that confession with your mouth. I believe that's the most crucial conversation that you can have. And that brings us to our text right here in the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. Hallelujah. There is a crucial conversation that's going on. This is Jesus, again, with his disciples. And, and in this 14th chapter, he's giving words of comfort for his own death. It's in John chapter 14 where he tells his disciples to let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my father's house there are many mansions, and if it were not so, I, I wouldn't have told you. Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place that I will come again, yeah, that's good news today, and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Hallelujah. Jesus had a crucial conversation. He was giving words of comfort. He was giving words to uh, inspire and to direct uh, the steps of those that he was getting ready to leave behind to carry on his work in the earth. And as we go through this the text today, I want to just highlight some points from that crucial conversation that Jesus had with his disciples, hallelujah, on that last night, on that Thursday afternoon, when, uh, that Thursday evening, when he had called his disciples up to a room to have the last supper, not the last lunch, not the last breakfast, Thursday afternoon, yes, Lord, before he goes tried all night, Thursday night, and hung from 12 to 3 p.m. On, on Friday morning, what we call Good Friday, yes, Lord, this crucial conversation that Jesus had with his disciples, can we go further today? Hallelujah. First of all, I want to talk about his comfort for faith-filled followers. Amen. His comfort for faith-filled followers. Hallelujah. The Bible says in John chapter 14, uh, verse number one, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He was giving them words of comfort. Amen. Uh, for those that had been following Jesus had handpicked these 12 men uh, that he had had his last supper with. Uh, and in the midst of this conversation that he began in John chapter 13, and now he's in John chapter 14, he talked about the fact that he was getting ready to die. He was on his way to Calvary. And as a consequence of his trip to Calvary, yes, Lord, he was letting them know that I will be with you always. And because of that, uh, well, you can imagine that you are in the presence of somebody that's not going to be here. Amen. Just, just the news can often bring tears to your eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he was letting them know, yes, Lord, I'm going to give you some words of comfort. He said, let not your heart be troubled. I, I know we talked about some things. I know we had some intimate uh, connections. Uh, we had a, uh, uh, intimate things. We, we've done some things. You cast out demons together. 
Yes, Lord, we, we, uh, you've seen miracles. We, we fed the multitudes. You've seen the storm get stilled. You've seen many miracle after miracle. And now, this relationship, now this relationship where uh, 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 I've done all of these things, now this relationship is getting ready to come to an end. Uh, and in those times, you need a word of comfort. Amen. Amen. You need a word of comfort. Well, what can comfort us? In such a time as this, uh, uh, what what can comfort us when we understand that the one that we love, the one that has done so much for us, that one that that uh, 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 we spent so much time with, now that we know that their time is coming to an end, uh, what can bring comfort? He said, "Let not your heart be troubled." Hallelujah. Where well, here it is, the thing that brings us comfort is right here. It said, "You believe in God, yeah." Believe also in me. Hallelujah. In other words, uh, the only thing that brings us, the main thing that brings us comfort in such a time as this, hallelujah, is our faith and our belief in Jesus as the Son of God. Amen. Our faith and our belief that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Because if we believe that, we understand that Jesus will deliver our hearts when we are in trouble. The Bible says that it's this belief right here that, uh, that helps us understand that that's what saves our soul. And a saved soul is the best thing or a relationship with Jesus, the best thing that's ever happened to us. Amen. The fact that our soul is saved and that death is not the end. That, that death is only the vehicle that transports us from the ones that we love to the ones that love us most, amen. So the thing that, uh, to the one that loves us most, so the thing that we must understand is that if you believe in God, and you believe also in me, Jesus was saying that you also have to believe in me. Some people believe in God. Uh, they believe in, as a matter of fact, some people believe in a lot of gods, hallelujah, uh, uh, the God of air, the God of sexuality, yes, Lord, the, the God, the fertility God, and all these other gods, but, but they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. But do you understand that Jesus is the one that was born of a virgin? Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. He came, was eight, uh, circumcised on the eighth day. Yes, Lord. He healed and, and he, uh, 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 he came uh, and lived a sinless life. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I believe him. Amen. I believe that he is the Son of God. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 10, verse number 9 through 10. Hallelujah. The importance of believing in the Son of God. He said, I confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus as he'll believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Yes, Lord, that ye shall be saved. Amen. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The thing that brings us comfort in such a time as that is to know that our soul is saved. Amen. That this world is not our home, that we're pilgrims and strangers passing through. We must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, this is what, uh, this is a confidence reminds me of a conversation that he had with Nicodemus. Yes, Lord, you remember it. It's in John chapter 3 in your Bible. Hallelujah. Where he had a conversation with Nicodemus and Nicodemus was asking him, uh, how can I be born again? Mm, can a man enter into his mother's womb a second time? Yes, Lord. And he told him, no, that is born of the flesh is flesh, but that is born of the spirit is spirit. Hallelujah. It's, it's a spiritual thing that takes place based on your belief and your confession, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, you shall 
uh, be, be saved, you shall be born again. Hallelujah. And that's the best thing that's ever happened. Amen. I believe uh, it was Jane Cleveland who used to sing a song that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I have never met James Cleveland, but I can testify, I share the same testimony that Jesus is the best thing, yeah, that has ever happened to me. Yes, Lord. So, so he was talking here, and he said he's giving comfort to faith-filled disciples. you got to have faith that Jesus is the Son of God and be filled with that and, and become a follower of him. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Believe that he is the Son of God. Amen. And not only believe in him for salvation, I thank God that I can believe him even in trouble. Yes, Lord. Because now that I have a relationship with him, yes, Lord, even though I've been saved for a number of years now, been saved since the age of 13, hallelujah, I thank God that even after I've been saved, I have a walk with him, that even in trouble, hallelujah, my relationship with him uh, brings me comfort. Yes, Lord. So in this crucial conversation, Jesus has comfort for faith Field followers, hallelujah. But not only that, hallelujah. The next thing I want to lift up today, hallelujah, is not only does he have comfort for faith-filled followers in this crucial conversation, I want to let you know that he also has compassion for flawed followers. Mm. He has compassion for flawed followers. Some of you understand that on this night, in this night right here, on uh, when he was having the Last Supper, as is outlined in John chapter 13, there were some, well, he, we come to understand that the followers of Christ had many flaws. Amen. Uh, we were in, the, in, this, in this 13th and 14th chapter, we understand that we had division, we had denial, we had desertion, and we had doubt. Let me say that again. Uh, these disciples, uh, these followers were flawed. Amen. They had, were full of flaws. They had division. They had denial. We experience desertion and we deserve and experience doubting. Hallelujah. Uh, we experience division. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about uh, this uh, in Luke's account, in Luke 22, verses 24 through 30. Hallelujah. That there was a great division that happened between them. Uh, uh, they were talking about the, these disciples that had been following Jesus for three years now. Uh, Jesus, these disciples who were uh, pastored by the perfect pastor. The flawless pastor. Uh, they still, after being in Jesus' church and disciples and following him for three years, they still had flaws. Because on this night when he was getting ready to go to Calvary, hallelujah, Luke says there was divisiveness. Uh, they had a fight. They had a fierce discussion. They had an intense discussion about who was going to sit on the left hand and who was going to sit on the right hand. Who was going to be the greatest in his kingdom? He, he had some flawed followers. Amen. Not only divisiveness, but there was also denying. Amen. Uh, uh, Jesus had talked about denying. Amen. He talked about uh, Peter, who uh, said, you know what? If everybody else uh, uh, walks away from you, uh, if everybody else denies you, and, and John chapter 13, verse 38, he said, you know what? I'm going to be with you. Until the end, I, I'm, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to serve you the balance of my days. Yes, Lord. Uh, Peter was one who had some denying. Yes, Lord. And although he had a big game, and although that he talked big, Hallelujah. We understand that that when the heat came, we understand that when things got heated, Hallelujah. Peter ended up denying Christ. He said he denied, he denied it even three times on that night. He says, I don't 
even know him. Hallelujah. So there was divisiveness, there was denying, and there was also this desertion. Hallelujah. In, in John chapter 13, verse number 18, hallelujah, uh, Judas, uh, uh, Jesus talked about the fact that, you know what, everybody's going to fall away from me. And there's also going to be one who's going to betray me. Uh, the one that uh, I take up with. In other words, the one that eats out of my plate. Uh, he took the bread and put it in the juice and put it in Judas's mouth. He said, this is the one that's going to betray me. So he was dealing with some flawed followers. There was divisiveness. There was denying. There was desertion. And now, even in chapter 14, uh, uh, Jesus was dealing with doubting. Because in verses uh, 5 through 11, it talks about Thomas saying, Lord, uh, we don't know where you're going. Uh, and we don't know the way. Some of you know Thomas. He has been known now as, uh, been called by many as doubting Thomas. The, uh, uh, he was still doubting. He was the one that said after the resurrection that I don't believe that Jesus died and came back to life until I put my finger in his side. He was dealing with doubting Thomas. And even here, he's dealing with Philip. Amen. In verse number eight, uh, uh, he was talking about Philip who was also in a, a doubting position. Uh, not the famous disciples that we often hear, but he's talking about Thomas and Philip. But, but what I love about the Lord, hallelujah, is that he had compassion for flawed followers. Uh, in this crucial conversation, and although they were deserting, although they were denying, although it was divisive, uh, and, uh, and although uh, uh, everything with everything going on, hallelujah, he still had compassion on his followers, hallelujah. He still allowed Philip and, and Donald Thomas to ask all of their questions and instead of getting upset like some of us do, because some of us know how it is when we got some folks that's following us, yes. Uh, uh, we know how it is when we have a title and a little position and a little authority, you know. You're gonna tell somebody, you're gonna do what I say, hallelujah, amen. Uh, you can have a short fuse. Uh, as a matter of fact, you can let somebody mess up your meal at McDonald's and you will go clean off, hallelujah. But I thank God that I have a Savior, yes, Lord, that in this crucial conversation on his last night, when he was getting ready to go to Calvary, yes, Lord, he had compassion, yes, uh, even for flawed followers, uh, for doubting Thomas, yes, Lord, for, for denying Peter, yes, Lord, for, for deserting disciples, yes, Lord. I thank God that he has compassion and patience, hallelujah, and concern and comfort for all followers. As a matter of fact, I'm glad because guess what? I'm not perfect myself. Uh, I don't think I'm the only one. Some of you understand that. We all have sin and fallen short of the glory of God. There's sometimes that we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, Lord, I don't even know why you chose me. Hallelujah. But aren't you glad that he looks beyond your faults and sees all of your needs and, and he still chooses you anyway. Hallelujah. To carry out his purpose. As a matter of fact, sometimes I wonder if he chooses the most small disciple to carry on his wheel. Sometimes I wonder if he scrapes the bottom to pull up some of us, amen, to cleanse us. But if he calls us, guess what? He can use us today. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful today. I'm grateful today that he has compassion mm, for flawed followers. Hallelujah. So as I get ready to take my seat and as we talk about this crucial conversation, Hallelujah. I thank God today that he had comfort for the faith-filled followers. I'm grateful today, hallelujah, that he had compassion for flawed followers. But as I get ready to take my seat, I want to talk about his counsel for faithful followers. Amen. His counsel for faithful followers. I'm in verse number three. Hallelujah. Verse number two, excuse me, he said, for in my father's house, yeah, there are many 
mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. He told the disciples that I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen. A castle for faithful followers. That, well, as the King James translation says, a many mansions. Amen. Uh, that we have a building that God has built for the faithful followers. Amen. I had a conversation this week with my father in the gospel. Uh, uh, my role model, uh, the one who, uh, the man that has had such a major impact on my uh, the one that when I had doubts about his word becoming flesh in my life, I can just look to him, hallelujah, and see how God has brought him from such humble beginnings and, and how God has blessed him to the point he is today. Amen. My father in the gospel, the person I'm talking about is Elder Jasper G. Hatcher Sr. Amen. Hallelujah. I had a conversation with him this week. Amen. Uh, uh, it didn't take but 16 minutes. It didn't take him long to do anything. Hallelujah. But, but in that conversation, uh, uh, he, uh, I was reminded that he was 91 years young as of May 6th of this year. Hallelujah. 91 years young. Yes, Lord. And, and, and even in the midst of that, uh, throughout those 91 years, he's always been as healthy as a horse. Yes, as he would say, I'm stronger than Ajax. Uh, at 91 years old, he would always still uh, work his farm. He's always out there wrestling with the bull. And sometimes the bull would win, and sometimes he would win. Amen. 91 years old. Yes, Lord. But, but even at 91 years old, uh, some of you know his testimony that here recently, he has been experiencing uh, having a bout with sickness. Amen. Uh, having a bout with sickness. Uh, some of you understand that Mother Nature and Father Time can be a disappointing duo. Amen. Uh, I don't think Elder Hatch is all of us. Some of you understand that Mother Nature and Father Time can be such a disappointing duo. Hallelujah. Let me work my case. Uh, have you ever been looking for your glasses and found out that you had them on? <laughs> Hallelujah. Mother Nature and Father Time can be a, a disappointing duo. Uh, have you ever been looking for your phone? <laughs> And found out that you talking on it. I, I, I just can't find my phone nowhere. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, let me hang up and call you back. In other words, Mother Nature and Father Time can be a disappointing duo. Have you ever been upstairs and said, you know what? I need to go downstairs and get something. And by the time you get downstairs, you forget what you went downstairs for. And have to go back upstairs to, to uh, and then by the time you get up the steps, you remember, oh yeah, that's what I had. You say mine, oh, that's why I went downstairs. Do you understand that Mother Nature and Father Time can be a disappointing duo? Hallelujah. And I want to let you know that not so much with Elder Hatcher, amen, uh, but, but many of us can relate to how Mother Nature and Father Time can be a disappointing duo, hallelujah, amen. Uh, but even in the midst of that 16 minutes of conversation, where I'm going with this is that, that uh, uh, Elder Hatcher uh, made the comment that he's now ready to make the transition mm, from labor to reward, amen. He, he's now ready to make the transition 
from labor to reward. And, and it made me feel like these disciples in the text in John chapter 14, hallelujah, uh, because when somebody has been that great to you, when somebody means that much to you, hallelujah, to, to have that type of conversation, hallelujah, I felt like I was like Peter, said, Lord, no, it's not your time, amen. Uh, I, in other words, the selfishness rose up in me uh, to say, no, you know what, I know you might want to go, but there's so many of us that would like for you to stay. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And, but I want to let you know today that even in the midst of that conversation, uh, uh, yeah, what helped me understand his position was the fact that he started talking about his castle. Yeah, I'm going somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he started talking about his castle. Yes, Lord. In my father's house. Yeah. There are many mansions. And, and if it were not so, I, I would have told you. He understood that this life was just uh, a temporary situation. Yes, Lord. And that he had a building over there for the builder and maker. This is God. Hallelujah. Do you understand that sometimes over there looks better than over here? Let me say that again. Uh, do you understand that sometimes over there looks better than over here? Hallelujah. And the way that, and, and the reason why over there looks better than over here sometimes, hallelujah, is that you understand that nothing on this side of eternity can compare to the other side. Yes, Lord. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you understand that uh, that Jesus is the one that, that humbled and died for your sins, yes, Lord, and you have right relationship with him, hallelujah, I don't care what size house you live in, I don't know how many cars you drive, I don't care how wonderful things are on this side, there are times when over there will look better than over here, yes, Lord, and Tallahassee is an example of the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He's a visual aid of Psalms number one that he's a blessed man, yes, Lord, he shall be like a shrimp planted by the rivers of water, and as a consequence of all the things that he has going on on this side, still over there looks better than over here. And you can ask the question, why is that? Well, I won't let you know today. It's because of his cancer. Somebody shout his cancer. Yes, Lord. Because he said, in my father's house, yeah, there are many mansions up. And if it were not so, I'm going to let you know. Hallelujah. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Uh, Jesus was letting us know that, guess what? I'm getting ready to die. Yes, Lord. I'm getting ready to die. Part of this thing, part of my purpose in life was to die for the sins of mankind. And you understand that he did die. Uh, he died on one Friday afternoon. But but that's not how, yeah, the, the story ends. Because on the third day, yes, my Savior rose again. And he rose with all power in his hand. Hallelujah. And not only did he die, but guess what? Uh, he arose and caught the cloud and went on to heaven. But, but that's not, not the only part of Yes, Lord. 
of the castle for the faithful followers. He said, I'm coming back again so that I can receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Do you understand that God is coming back? Let me ask you again. Do you understand that God is coming back? And what I believe is happening in this COVID-19 season is, is that he's continuously sounding the alarm. He's continuously sounding the trumpet to wake up all of those that have been asleep for so long, all of those that have been doing their own thing, to say, you know what, I, it's not about your will. It's about the will of God being done in your life. And he wants to let you know that he died today. He died so that you may live. He gave his life so that you may have eternal life. So if you're here today, if you're here today, and you haven't received the gift of salvation, which is through, again, your ABCs, accept, believe, and confess. Accept the fact that you're born a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God that died for your sins. And make that confession with your heart. Hallelujah. In that instance, there's something that happens. Your soul is saved. Yes, Lord, you begin a brand new life, a new life following Christ. He died for you. Guess what? We can live for him. He died for you. He died for your sins. He, he died for your sins, past, present, and future. Uh, and I want to let you know that he is coming back for all of those that believe in him. And believe it not, even in the midst of our walls, our failures, our fallacies, and our flesh, Guess what? If we have faith in what he has done, guess what? He'll still cleanse us all, renew us and revive us. That even when we fall down, we can get back together again. We can get back up again. Hallelujah. And even though he, he still has compassion for all followers, I want to let you know today that he has a castle for the faithful. There is a, a place over there with sickness, with diabetes, and disease is not allowed. Over there, where he's going to bring all of his children, there's going to be a family reunion, a family reunion. He said, I'm coming back again to receive you unto myself. And where I am, there you may be also. There's a place from heaven. There's a place that where the believers are living today. And if you're here today and you're hearing this message, I want to make sure that heaven is your ultimate destination. Hallelujah. Because believe it or not, not everybody makes it to heaven. It's a gated community. The only way you get into heaven, hallelujah, is to accept, believe, and confess. There is another place called hell. And regardless of what you believe or not believe, hallelujah, you're going to spend eternity in one or the other place. My heart's desire, my prayer for you, is that you receive this gift. That you will have a crucial conversation with Christ. And say, Lord, you died for me. I want to live for you. Will you, will you accept the gift of salvation today? And just to help you with that, Hallelujah. We at the Cedar Grove Church, uh, we honestly believe uh, that in this cyber sanctuary that God has taken down the walls. The church has left the building. We're trying to present the gospel in a method and a method a mechanism that can be easily received for you. So if you're hearing this message and we heard people from California to Ohio to Phoenix to, to Florida from all over the country that have been tuning in during this COVID-19 season. So if you're hearing this message, it doesn't even matter where you are, and you don't know if today if death should be you, yeah, I want you to have a crucial conversation with Christ today. To say, Lord, I, I want you to forgive me of my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I want to make your Savior and Lord. 
And if you pray this simple prayer, I want you to reach out to us. You can info, you can uh, email us at, at info at cbrochurch.org. Hallelujah. And our team will reach out to you. Yes, Lord, we'll reach out to you and we'll tell you about the next steps. We can get baptized. Hallelujah. And how you can be uh, taught and trained in the word of God to experience the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. But it begins with a crucial conversation when you receive him today. He's able. He's able to heal. He's able to save. He's able to set free. The word of God for the people of God. And the people of God did say, Amen. May God bless you. May he forever keep you is our prayer. Amen.